You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Author of Strategies and Tools for Corporate Blogging, John Cass, goes on the record online. What a blog does is that it, it really enables your audience and the community to understand exactly who you are and what sort of person you are and, by extension, what sort of company you work with. Today we have a one-on-one interview with the author of Strategies and Tools for Corporate Blogging, John Cass. He is going to be one of the featured presenters at the upcoming Digital Impact Conference to be held in New York City April 30th through May 1st, presented by the Public Relations Society of America. Uh, He is going to be presenting on online communities, and we had a chance to talk to him today about how to build a profitable online community, how to determine which online community is right for your organization, the difference between LinkedIn groups and Facebook fan pages, and more after this. Can you upload press releases and manage the media contact information in your online newsroom? Or are you still relying on someone else to do it for you? Are you able to upload high-resolution captioned images that reporters and bloggers can download and use in their coverage? Or do you need someone else to do that as well? And what about video? Can you easily upload video to your own branded online newsroom right inside your existing website? Or does that require IT support as well? According to Pew Internet, the web is the dominant channel for news and information. If you're a PR person and you're not equipped to communicate effectively online, iPressroom has a solution for you. With iPressroom, you get an easy-to-use online newsroom right inside your existing website. If you can point and click and drag and drop, iPressroom gives you everything you need to execute effective online PR campaigns. You can even use our press release search engine optimization wizard to increase the search rank of your organization's website. To find out more about our online newsroom management solution or for a free 60-day trial of our online newsroom SEO wizard, tweet me at Chris Bechtel which is B-E-C-H-T-E-L, or send email to info at ipressroom.com. John Cass, author of Strategies and Tools for Corporate Blogging, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Eric. I'm glad to be here. Now, you've been, uh, you've been blogging for a while now, right? Yes, since uh, 2003. And and why was it you originally started blogging? What were you hoping to gain in 2003? Well, um, my old boss, Ian Lurie, um, who's the owner of Portland Interactive in, in Seattle, I used to work for him there when I, when I lived in Seattle, uh, he um, is a web design and SEO guy, and I, we, we started off in the SEO industry together, and he started blogging a little bit before I did in 2003, and he told me what he was doing, and I decided that after moving to Boston that I needed my own website, and um, I thought blogs would be a great way to do it, and also I thought it'd be 
great to test out how blogs were with search engines. And I quickly found that they were great, but I also found that they were really, really good tools for connecting with, uh, with people um, through basically um, having dialogue with them or a, multi, a multi-dialogue, um, if, if you will. So uh, in these tough economic times, and I guess that's sort of the preamble for everything in our days, um, mm-hmm. what are the quantitative benefits of, of blogging? Well, I, I think that any business owner understands that um, referrals are very important um, from existing customers. Um, it's, it's a good way to understand uh, from your peers um, exactly um, who a good vendor is. And I think that what a blog does is that it, it really enables... Uh, your audience and the community to understand exactly who you are and what sort of person you are and by extension what sort of company you work with. And so it's easier for people to give referrals and to understand, you know, the caliber that you are because of the work that you do in social media. Um, in in my book, Strategies and Tools for Corporate Blogging, um, I interviewed a, a couple of corporate bloggers and how um, they uh, built relationships with their community. And uh, Tim Jackson's, the uh, Massey uh, 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 bike guy, um, I interviewed a couple of his customers, and they said that it was very interesting. They said that um, they, they really got to know uh, Tim, and, and through that, um, they began to trust the band that he worked for and actually considered it when they went through the door. So I think he was always a good illustration for me of exactly how you use this thing, social media, how you build relationships, um, and how you, um, um, you actually get value from it. Now, you also spent some time over at Forrester as a community manager, right? Yes, I did. Well, what was the social media strategy for building a community at Forrester? Um, well, they had about 13 blogs, which they used, and uh, Forrester has three different client groups and then about 19 different roles. So um, each of those client groups had maybe one of, you know, a couple of blogs, and then each of the blogs had a couple of um, authors. Uh, they had some individual blogs. Uh, George Colony, the CEO and founder of the company, ran his own blog, and uh, Josh Burnoff um, took over the blog from uh, Charlene Lee, the Groundswell blog, and uh, those were quite successful. Um, they also were developing a Twitter strategy, and then I was uh, quite involved in the rollout of the new... Um, interactive marketing uh, forum that they developed, and uh, we we actually had a, um, a community management strategy where we were connecting with existing customers who were already evangelists for the company, and they were helping us to um, support that community as we built it. How do you think uh, online communities for uh, business-to-business users are different? than online communities for consumers? Well, um, I think one thing that I've seen um, from a couple of examples is that often in a B2B setting, 
customers are much more concerned about privacy than consumers are, which may sound rather bizarre in some ways, but but it's true. And, and the privacy that I'm talking about usually is that those customers don't want to reveal exactly what they're doing. Um, I think um, Indian Corporation comes to mind. Dr. Ron Lasky is a senior scientist with them. They're in the materials uh, uh, management or materials uh, uh, scientific community, and they help um, electronic uh, manufacturers with their um, uh, materials uh, in, in the manufacturing process. He is a scientist of quite well-known cute in the industry, and uh, by him blogging, basically the community was able to connect with him much more easily. And um, I, one of the difference, though, than between a consumer blog is that people were much more reluctant to comment on the blog. However, he did get an awful lot of um, emails in the back uh, back channel, and also found a similar thing with, um, uh, with Jim Cahill at uh, Emerson Process Management. They're a very large, uh, multi-billion-dollar um, company, and the deals that they typically run in his area, are, you know, a couple of million dollars or something. But he'd get maybe about five um, uh, emails a week, which would be leads. Uh, and he'd also get a bunch of emails, and, and Jim's told me that um, that basically um, he gets he probably gets more emails than he does uh, comments. He does get some comments, but but but, but there's a lot of um, you know background that goes on. Does an does an online community need to be free to take off? I don't. I'm not sure I understand your question. Uh, do do online communities need to uh, be accessible uh, for for no for no money in order to be in order to take off in order to to attract critical mass? Oh, I see. Um, would you have to pay to enter them? Um, not necessarily. I think there are examples in the industry where you do pay. Actually, my old company, Master, for example. You know, um, I think there's a good example. Have the Forrester Leadership Ball and. And um, I think online community for them uh, is important. Um, I think you can think of uh, executive board. Uh, there are another, shall we say, private um, community where um, they build uh, private communities and you have to subscribe. The Blog Council, um, run, run by Anuitz, uh formerly of uh, Wilma, um, is another good example of... Um, uh, of a community where you know you have to subscribe and you bring those people together in a forum and they and they use online community elements. So I think an online community doesn't have to be uh, free to be successful. And, and and part of what you're doing and you're charging for that is that you're you're managing the process. You know you're you're managing the questions. You're doing the follow up you're making it easier for those people to get involved in the community. Um, there's still a lot of opportunity in having free communities, but I, I think a paid community can be successful. Um, you know, Forrester has essentially a free online community, but, you know, they're using it to build an audience for premium research services. Um, are there yeah. other ways to make an online community profitable? Well, um, I can actually think of um, uh, another uh, example 
um, that I came across uh, recently. Um, Eric Glacier, who uh, is working with a company that um, basically builds um, communities for uh, people in the pharmaceutical and um, the uh, biotechnology industry, um, also has online elements, and you know he charges for the services that he that he has uh, for bringing people together in in those um, uh, online meetings that he has, or, or webinars, or telephone calls. Um, but what he's also doing is that he's he's bringing people together to um, uh, basically do product in, uh, innovation. They're actually bringing um, a number of uh, vendors together, and um, those uh, vendors are um, providing their services uh, for the um, uh, the company that he works for, for Cambridge Health Health Tech Associates. Um, and um, it, it's in the drug safety uh, industry. And uh, basically, um, those uh, vendors are, are able to um, provide a service that allows the different um, participants to test their data against those products to see if um, it will help with the um, uh, efficacy of the, um, uh, of the drug. So it, it's... it's whether that vendor's product will actually um, incrementally help with the efficacy of the um, uh, of the uh, of the drug, um, whether the technology will actually work. So, by pooling their resources together uh, from amongst those clients, um, it's actually enabling those clients to say yes, we should pick this vendor or not, or not that vendor. And I think that's a very interesting use. Of, uh, of social media to do that. And, and the reason I say social media is that part of what happened is that in this particular industry, um, you know, sometimes it's difficult to, to build trust, and by building those relationships through social networks, they actually got to the point where they could actually build this sort of vendor collaboration. Let's talk for a minute about um, about the issue of critical mass. Um, if, if I'm going to auction something online, there's only one site I'm going to, and it's eBay. Um, but, you know, you see people setting up their own white-label custom uh, uh, online communities with sites like Ning and OneSite. Um, one of the challenges, obviously, of building your own online community is getting people to come back because there are other bigger online communities where there's more activity going on on a daily basis. So if you're, if you're grappling with whether or not to launch your own online community like Forrester did or whether or not to um, you know, launch a, a fan page uh, on the new Facebook uh, or, or in uh, LinkedIn, which I know Forrester did as well, what are some of the... Um, criteria that you would evaluate to make the decision of which channel is best for you? Um, well, I think one issue is to look at and see if your audience is actually in that social media technology. And I think you raise a very good point there, Eric, which is, you know, you don't just pick any technology because you happen to like it, but you actually do the research and discover whether your community is out in that social media technology. Although, of course, there's always times when you just don't find them, but there may still be an opportunity. I mean, if they're nowhere, 
that may be telling you something, but it also it may actually be telling you that they're just they're not at that point, and and it and it may just be an adoption uh, basis. I think for certain industries, we're still in in early days yet. For the technology industry, obviously, I think we're you know we're definitely past the early adopter stage, and we're, uh, we're inside the tornado, to quote Jeffrey uh, Moore. But once you've once you've decided upon that social media technology, I think some of the things that you ought to be thinking about are using some of the ideas. <clears throat> about community management, but, um, I look back to Amy Jo um, Kim from a book, uh, Building a Community on the Web, which was written in 2000, and many of the ideas in that book um, are actually uh, are very relevant to today. Um, and she was usually write, she was writing for sort of the Web 1.0 world, um, developing um, communities for you know, forums and things like that, although that's still Web 2.0, but I, I think we think of it as, as Web 1.0. And, and a lot of the work that, um, that is described in that book is, is really thinking about um, how you can um, find your existing customer evangelists um, and um, give them rewards. I mean, it may be monetary if that's what they want, but it may also be recognition. Um, it may be ownership in the community. They actually get to moderate the community um, and build them up over time. And from from what I can see in running communities and, and looking at other people, it's usually, you know, when you get to about 40 or 50 people active, that may mean you actually have more people who participated, but 40 or 50 people who are active on a regular basis, there's, there's, a, there's a switch over and, and you don't have to do as much uh, management. And, and part of this is realizing that even though you're hosting the community, you're doing just that. You're hosting it, and you have to, um, you basically have to, um, you know, allow people to participate in it and 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 and, uh, and control, have some of the controls into it. Did this Scott Wilder, who I've spoken to many times over the, the last couple of years, and I think he's really very, he's done a lot of good work with their online communities. Um, you know, one of the reasons why they changed and put more effort into their online communities was that they saw that if they could have the um, um, accountants in their uh, accounting software uh, community actually answer a lot of the questions uh, for people uh, who wanted to use that accounting software, um, that would reduce their costs of, um, of service levels. And actually, they'd probably buy, provide better service. Plus, they'd have this advisory group that they could go to and ask for advice about how to run the product and and have other features. So that's been a, a very successful element for them. But the other thing is, I think there's also open communication. You know, there's Twitter, there's blogs, and things like that. And I think a lot of these ideas that were developed in forums, we should actually be looking at as when you when you're thinking about business in the same context, so that when you're you know, when you're thinking about um, uh, connecting with people in the community, you should be thinking about, well, who amongst my customer group are, are active in social media and, and connecting with them on a regular basis and paying attention to what they say. You don't, you don't stop using that strategy of having dialogue, but you may be a little bit more systematic in, in making sure that you're reaching out to them and, and paying attention to those people that you really need to be. Now, um, I noticed on the Forrester uh, uh, online community there are links to a Facebook group and a LinkedIn group. Um, what are some of the differences between those two social networks for business-to-business communicators 
looking to tap critical mass? And what, what can you, what did you learn in your experience uh, extending the reach of that white label social network through those broader channels? Well, I think I talk about it in general terms because you know Forrester can it run, runs their own uh, social networks. But but I, what I would say is that um, I, I I think in some ways uh, it, it really does depend upon who your audience is. So you know whether they're success whether they're using you know uh, uh, Facebook or, or or LinkedIn. I think that's a good foundation. I think there's been a lot of changes recently. I've I've always been constructively critical of Facebook um, on their um, their groups or, or fan pages as they are now, mainly because of the notification system that they have. You know they don't. That they don't have too good a notification system. Whereas LinkedIn, I think, has made great strides in the last year with their their groups, um, and also they've, they've really done a very good job in in designing social interactions. So um, again, it just depends upon the audience. But uh, I, I I think that some of the elements that the LinkedIn has, you know, are starting to be um, enabling them to. To beat Facebook on some of that um, uh, in the business-to-business settings. However, I think LinkedIn still has quite a way to go. For instance, I'm moderator on the Boston chapter of the American Marketing Association, and we have elements in there that we actually don't want. For example, we there's a there's a tab in there for um, a, a job board, which we could either allow or not. But what we like to do is be the ones that actually post anything because we we prefer people to uh, post on the AMA Boston job rather than post stuff in the uh, in the forum. So, you know, I think LinkedIn has has some has some room to go. But you know, there's always that uh, constructive criticism that you can give to any network. Uh, now, John, uh, you were uh, nice enough to accept our invitation to present at the upcoming Digital Impact Conference um, being uh, co-presented by the Public Relations Society of America, CISION, LexisNexis, and PR Newswire. Uh, the Digital Impact Conference will be in New York City April 30th through May 1st. And uh, you can get more information by going to newmediaprconference.com. Tell us about what you're going to be presenting on. Well, I'm going to be talking about sustainable communities um, involving uh, blogs, Twitter, and other uh, social media. So it's a lot of what we talked about tonight, actually, which is, um, you know, what do you need to do in terms of uh, building an infrastructure to be successful in, in connecting with that, with a community within those different social media technologies? Uh, what tools do you need? Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the semantic technologies, especially in relation to... Um, uh, blogs and, and, and Twitter, uh, and what I mean by that is that there's um, some social media monitoring systems out there that allow you to find the content uh, that you need to, but also they're, um, they're changing and um, they're integrating with um, uh, CRM systems. So the, there's a process in place for triaging uh, an opportunity that comes in on the social media and then you're able to route that to somebody within the corporation if they're not, say, directly in, in social media. Um, so I'm, I'm going to talk about those elements and how you build community, how you successfully build community 
whether it's on a forum or um, in blogs or, or social media in general. John Cass, author of Strategies and Tools for Corporate Blogging, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ray. I really enjoyed the conversation. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.